All right. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Can you do that? Amen. Well, go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to Habakkuk chapter number three. Habakkuk chapter number three. Habakkuk chapter number three, serving as our foundational text for this particular uh, teaching that we're doing. <clears throat> I trust that everyone is having a great morning. Amen. Amen. We're good. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 17 through 19. When you get there, hold up your Bibles and we'll make our faith confession together. Habakkuk chapter number 3. All right, repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer, not a doubter. I am a doer and not just a hearer. And my life is being restored since I've been receiving the word of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. And how can I hear without a preacher? All right, Habakkuk chapter 3 and starting at verse number 17. Verse 17 says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vine. The label of the olive shall fail. And the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the foe, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Watch verse 18. Verse 18 says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and will cause me to walk upon mine high places. If you look over in the Amplified, verse number 19, I'll just start there. Verse 19 says, the Lord God is my strength. Say, God is my strength. He says, my personal bravery and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not stand in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress and make spiritual progress. So it is important that you and I when we're going through situations and circumstances, we're having to deal with adversity in our lives that we continue to make spiritual progress. Even though it may look like in the natural that nothing is changing, that nothing is getting better, that nothing is turning in our favor, it's so important that we keep making spiritual progress because spiritual progress, it reduces the problems to naught. It reduces my natural circumstance, my natural situation. It brings it down to naught or to nothing. Spiritual progress. I'm continuing to pray. I'm continuing to praise God. I'm continuing to worship God. I'm continuing in my church attendance. I'm continuing confessing the word of God. I am continuing to give unto God. I am making spiritual progress. I'm listening to that word. I'm meditating in that word that if nothing is changing in the natural, I am going to make spiritual progress. Tell a person next to you, say, I'm continuing to make spiritual progress. <clears throat> so today is lesson number two. Lesson number two, and we're teaching from the subject of rising above circumstance, above crisis, excuse me, rising above crisis. And so we define crisis as a critical situation, a critical situation turning point or unstable condition. A critical situation, a turning point, or unstable condition. It is also an emotionally 
stressful occurrence or traumatic change in a person's life that can be shocking, disturbing, hurtful, painful, or life-altering. And we've all had those. According to John 16 and verse number 33, the scripture says that in this world, we will have tribulations. So we all have them. We have difficulties that we have to deal with. But most critical crises involve an impending abrupt change in our lives. And so as Christians, but we know that wherever there is a crisis, there is God's promise of support, his promise of strength, and his promise of guaranteed victory. God's promise of strength, his promise of support, and guaranteed victory. So with that, we've given you our objective, and our objective is to raise your expectation, to raise your expectation through the word of God for complete and total victory in the face of adverse circumstances. Now go back to Romans chapter 15 and verse number four. We looked at that our last time together, and let's look at it again because there's something that we can draw from Romans chapter 15 and verse Verse number four, I'm raising my expectation. That's why it's important to continue to hear the word of God, to continue to listen to the word of God and let that word minister to you. Let that word encourage you. Let that word build your faith. Let that word change the way you think. Let it change the way you think. Let it increase you in your faith so you can face with the adversities that you have to deal with. Look at verse number four. He says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning. So that's something we learn from the old patriarchs, uh, people on, under the new covenant, people we see in the word of God that went through adverse circumstances. He said it was written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scripture, patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. So there's something about looking at the word of God and seeing the faithfulness of God to see what God has done in the life of so many is something about seeing that that gives me expectation, that gives me hope, that makes me believe that if God did it for them, he can do the same thing for us. Amen? Now, the Message Bible says this. Even if it was written in the Scripture long ago, even if it was written in the Scripture long ago, you can be sure it was written for you. It was written for you. That it, would, it was not just written just so you can know something, but it, it was written. It wasn't written just so you can have another story. It was written so you can be encouraged to see what God did in the life of somebody else. You look at Daniel, where that was written to let us know that God can get us out of tough situations. When it looks like our backs are against the wall, when it looks like it's over, when it looks like that we're down for the count, God can get us out of tough situations. Amen. Praise God. Now, I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter number 1. And here's a statement I want to make to you. Because this word crisis, crisis, say crisis. More loosely, one of the, um, <clears throat> one of the um, meanings of this word crisis is, and I want you to get a hold of this, a testing time. A testing time. <laughs> a testing time, that when I'm dealing with a crisis, it is a time of testing. Glory to God. Now, let's see what this test is all about. First Peter, uh, chapter number one, but it's, it's a time of testing. And unfortunately, 
many saints are failing their tests. Amen. First Peter chapter number one, let's start reading at verse number six. Verse six says, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through what? Manifold temptation. That, that means a whole lot of different things going on in your life. Manifold temptation. Manifold, many different kind of situations and many different kinds of circumstances in your life. Manifold temptation, trials, tests, and challenges. That's what he's talking about. He was talking about temptation. He says that the trial of your faith. Now look what's on trial. Your faith is on trial. Your faith is on trial. It's your faith that's being tested because it's your faith that's going to bring you through. Yeah. It's your faith that's going to enable you to overcome. It's your faith that enables you to stand. And so he says that the trial of your faith or the trying, the testing or proving of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom, though you see him not yet believing, though you see him not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. See, if, that I, if, I can, if I can get the word of God and allow my faith to be tested and continue to stand in my faith, I'll get the outcome or the results that my faith is designed to produce. That's right. But I got to be willing to stand. I got to be willing to stand up to the test and pass the test. You can't keep flunking the test. And God is not like your elementary teacher. He's not going to let you just move on because you're getting older. You're going to have to pass the test. It is the trying of your faith. It is your faith that is on trial. It is your faith that is being tested. And so you have to prove that your faith is genuine. Amen. Fake faith won't last. It start peeling and the gold start coming off of it. <laughs> but now watch this in verse. I want to I read something else that I saw here in verse number, verse number six. Verse six in the Amplified says, you should be exceeding, exceedingly glad on this account. Though now for a little while you may be distressed by trials and suffer and suffer temptations so that the genuineness of your faith may be tested. Your faith, which is infinitely more precious than the perishable gold, which is tested and purified by fire. This proving of your faith is intended. This proving of your faith is intended. So the proving of your faith is intended to prove some things. But he says here to you and I, although we see him not yet believing, Although I see him not yet believing. I don't see my deliverance yet believing. I don't see my breakthrough yet believing. I don't see my increase yet believing. I don't see my healing yet believing. And then he says, because of that, I rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So one of the, one of the signs that you still believe is that you're rejoicing with joy unspeakable and full of glory. When you stop rejoicing, that is evident that you have stopped believing. That you have stopped believing. Because remember we read on the outskirts, he said, although there are, no, there are no figs on the vine, there's no olives that's coming through, there's no herd in the stall, he said, yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. I will glory in the God of my salvation. And so when you stop rejoicing, that's evident you've stopped believing. 
And a lot of believers, they have stopped believing. And because they've stopped believing, there's no more joy left in them. There's no more rejoicing left in them because they have stopped believing. Let's look at it again. He says, he says, let's look at verse number eight. He says, whom having not seen, ye love in whom, though ye see him not, yet believing. Though you see him not, yet believing. I don't see my healing. I don't see this thing turning. I don't see this thing working in my favor. But yet I believe. And then he says, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And so the great sign right there, believers, is I continue to rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Why? Because I believe. Because I believe. And when you believe, you can rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. When you stop rejoicing, when you come and you stop praising, you can't praise him anymore. You can't lift your hands anymore. You can't get in his presence anymore. You're not confessing the word anymore. You're not fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost anymore. Folks, that's evident that you have stopped believing. You stopped believing. And those who continue to believe are the ones who see the end of their faith. Amen. Tell the person that's just say, I'm rising above my crisis. Now, let's look at another, look at, look at another passage. Go to, go to chapter 4. You're already there in 1 Peter. Let's look at chapter 4. Chapter 4. I'm going to keep believing, man. We are not of them who draw back, but we believe unto the end. <laughs> Amen. Now, look what he says in verse, verse 12 of 1 Peter chapter 4. He says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which has come to try you, to test you, to prove you. And we found out it's our faith that's being, being tested here. As though some strange thing has happened unto you. Now, there's nothing strange happening to you. Now, you may be acting strange, but what's happening to you is not strange. Amen? He says, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed that ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Look at the Amplified of verse 12. He says, Beloved, do not be amazed or bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality, to test your quality, to test the quality of your faith. He said, as though some strange thing, unusual and alien to you and your position were befalling you. And so we cannot draw back like those who do not believe in those who have no faith in God. Now listen to this. A sudden change. Say sudden. sudden. A sudden change for the worse in the course of a thing is a crisis. A sudden change for the worse in the course of a thing. A sudden change for the worse in your marriage. A sudden change for the worse in your health. A certain, a sudden, all of a sudden, this sudden change for the worse in some situation that you're dealing with, that is a crisis. Now go to Mark chapter 5 and verse number 25. I think this woman with the issue of blood is a perfect picture and model of someone who had a sudden change in their situation. And, and we've all, you know, we, we love, now watch this now, we love sudden change, but for the better. Now, 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 you have to understand this. Now, if things can turn all of a sudden for the worse, then they also can change all of a sudden for the better. And that's what we put our faith. But what, what do we do when this thing takes a sudden turn for the worse? What do we do? Because that, that can happen. 
That can happen. So what am I going to do when that takes place? Now look at verse number 25. And a certain woman had, which had an issue of blood, how long? 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent what? All that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. Somebody say crisis. Because folks, that's what that is. When your situation turns, when they, when they told you they're going to they gonna call you Friday, and, 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 you know, you had a good interview and you felt good about that interview and you left, you know, you, you secured that thing in your faith. And, and they call and say, well, we decided to go another route. That thing just turned for the worse, man. Amen. You know, when the doctor tell you to come back and, and you know, you're standing in faith and you believe in God and all of a sudden you, you, you listen to your doctor and he give you a negative report. That thing has turned for the worse. What do you do? What do you do? When it turns for the worse. And look what it goes on to say. It says, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples turned, said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and said thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, what? Daughter, what? Your faith. Your faith. You see why we can't throw our faith away? Right. He said, your faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be healed of thy plague. I want to I give you some things that are important. Number one, hearing the word. Hearing the word. Thank God somebody got a hold of that woman that gave her the truth about Jesus. Because whatever she heard about Jesus, it encouraged her. Whatever she heard about him gave, gave her hope. It gave her expectation. It built her up. It had her to realize that although things have turned for the worse, they can be turned again for the better. Because when she heard of Jesus, she got excited, man. This woman got turned on. Somebody told her, look, I know you've been going through a long time. I know it's been 12 years, but you don't have to give up. I know somebody who can turn your situation around. I know somebody. I mean, he, somebody had to tell her that because had she heard something else, she'd have just settled and say, well, you know, everybody got to go through something. Well, you know, maybe I just have to die with this. And, you know. But no, she heard something that encouraged her. She heard something that gave her hope, that gave her expectation, that caused her faith to rise, yeah. that caused her to keep believing. And so after that, she heard something. So then the next thing, she believed what she heard. How many times do we hear the word and then don't believe what we hear. How many times do we hear and we say, well, that can't be for me. That can't, that can't be me. My situation is too bad. I've been in this thing a long time. How many times do we just don't believe what we hear? When we hear by the stripes of Jesus, we're already here. They say, well, that, that can't be me because I still got pain in my body. I can't be here. How many times do we hear and refuse to believe? This woman believed what she heard. That's why she made a decision. Well, I'm not just sitting here in this house. Based on what I heard, and you tell me he's coming down this street? She heard something that caused her to believe. She believed what she heard. Number three, she released her faith. This woman said something. She said, well, shoot, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. She released something out of her mouth. So what are you saying out of your mouth? When you hear that word, see, folks, what you hear increases your faith. But at the same time, what you hear doesn't become yours till you say it. You have what you say. You can't take possession of that thing till you say it. 
It becomes yours when you say it. Amen? And then lastly, this woman, she acted on what she heard. She acted on what she heard. She didn't just sit in the house and say, well, if God wants to heal me, he know I'm in here. No, she got down to that church and she said, they're having a Holy Spirit conference. <laughs> and if I can just get down to that church house, to that Holy Spirit conference, they say God's going to be doing miracles. God's going to be moving. I'm not going to sit here in this house and just ask somebody to bring me a CD or bring me a DVD. I'm getting up. See, folks, if you make a point of contact, God will meet you at that point of contact. Hallelujah. And so she said, if, if I can touch the hem of his garment, she said, I shall be made whole. And so when the opportunity presented itself, she came in the press behind. Now, folks, let me tell you something. You can, here's what I love about this. You can come from behind. That's what she did. She came from behind. 12 years behind. For 12 years, this woman had no association with anybody. For 12 years, this girl was locked up in the house. For 12 years, they were treating her like she had a plague. For 12 years, but she came from behind. 12 years from behind. Maybe you're 12 years behind. Maybe you're 18 years behind. I don't know how far behind you are, but you can come from behind and touch the hem of his garment. And you too can be made whole. Amen. So she acted on what she believed and what she heard. And that's what brought the difference in her life. Faith without works. Watch this, folks. It's faith, but it's dead. And showing up at the race with a dead horse ain't going to get you no results. It's a horse, but he's dead. He's dead. It's a horse. I got a horse. <laughs> but he's a dead horse, man. And so I believe a lot of Christians have faith, but their faith is dead. See, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. But see, life comes to your faith when you act on that word. So you got you to act on that word so your faith can come alive. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Now, contextually, we gave you a definition of this word crisis. And we said that it's a situation or adversity that has, been threatened, that has, that has threatened the stability of your peace in God, the strength of your faith in God, and the security of the promise of God for your life. Now, we know according to John 10, 10, Jesus came to give us what? Life. He came that we may have what? Life and have it what? More abundantly. The Amplified said life in abundance to the full till it overflows. So anything that comes to threaten that becomes a crisis in my life. And I have to deal with the crisis in my life. So I want to give you five characteristics of a crisis. Five characteristics of a crisis. Number one, unexpected. Unexpected. You didn't expect this thing to go south. You didn't expect to get fired. You didn't expect to get laid off. You wouldn't have showed up. You know, I ain't going in there for a few hours. They're going to let me go. Unexpected. It's, it's unexpected. You didn't expect some things. Number two is specific. Some folks say Pacific, but it's specific. <laughs> <laughs> it's specific. I mean, it, it points out a certain area of your life. See, folks, you can be doing well financially, but, but not doing well where your health is concerned. Specific. Number three, 
It creates uncertainties in your life. It creates uncertainty. Folks, the only thing that's certain is the word of God. The only thing that's sure is what God's word says. The only guarantee is what God says. Number three, a crisis, number four, a crisis is seen as a threat to success, goals, and visions. It's seen as a threat to your success, your goals, and your visions. And then number five, a crisis is a, develop, a developer of patience. A developer of patience. See, patience, man, it's, it's being constantly consistent and steadfast in doing the same thing until change comes. That I keep praising, I keep praying, I keep worshiping God, I keep giving to God, I'm consistent in my church attendance, I'm doing all the things I know to do until change shows up in my life. See, that's patience. Patience is not sitting around waiting on God. That's not what patience is. Patience is serving. You're not, you're not waiting on God till you're serving. You go to the restaurant today, and, uh, and the waiter just come and stand by your table. You know, you tell him, you know, go get me this, go get me that, and he just stand there. And you say, what, what are you doing, sir? Well, I'm waiting. I'm a waiter, so I'm just waiting. No, no, you, you're not waiting until you start serving. And a lot of people, they just sitting by just, just, just waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. You know, I was a guy looking for a job one time. He was, he was at the house. Well, you know, I'm, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Man, the Lord's not going to come knock on your door and give you an application. You, you have to get up and do something. <laughs> and see, I'm telling you another thing. See, when you really waiting on God, you get renewed strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. If your strength is not being renewed, something wrong. You ain't waiting on God. Because he renews your strength when, you, when you're properly waiting on him. So you're a little stronger today than you was yesterday. And the situation looks like it's regressing. But you're making spiritual progress. Are you listening to me? So turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter. Uh, well, let's look at James chapter 1 first. James chapter 1 and verse number 2. James chapter 1 and verse 2. Say, I'm rising above crisis. I'm rising above crisis. That's what God wants us to do. So to rise above it. We're going to have them but we rise above them. That's what your faith is for. What you think your faith is for? The scripture says, fight the good fight of faith. So faith, I mean, that's, that's, that just suggests we're going to have to fight. We're going to have to fight. The devil's not going to just lay down and just let you, let you wash into the promises of God. You have to fight for it. And look what he says in verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall. He's talking about when you fall now. He says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse uh, temptation, different kinds of tests, challenges, and trials. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, what? Worketh, it worketh, it develops, pay, or it turns into patience. Or it hires, or it contracts patience. That while your faith is being tried, what faith does, faith it hires or it contracts patience so you can be consistent. See, faith works on your problem. Patience works on the person. 
And see, while your faith, see, while your faith is out there working on your situation, it contracts patience and patience is back here working on you. Because unless patience is working on you, you're going to get tired of waiting until your faith bring that thing in. And so it hires patience so it can work on you. He says, but let patience have her perfect work. You got to let her work. You have to let her work. She's not going to force her way working in your life. You have to let her work. Are you listening to me? He says, but let her have her perfect work that you may be perfect entire and wanting nothing. So it's a developer of our patience. Now, I want to give you some keys as we get ready to close our last moment. I want to give you some keys to rising above crisis. Keys to rising above crisis. Remember, we talk about rising above crisis. We're talking about overcoming, living beyond, and manifesting victory over life difficulties. So keys to, to, uh, to rising above crisis. Now, remember, keys does two things. It gives us authority, and it gives us access. So we can actually, with keys, we can actually take authority over our situation and we can gain access to the promises of God. Number one, you have to walk by faith. You have to walk by faith. Don't walk by sight, but walk by faith. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, what? For we walk by faith and not by sight. Look at the, uh, the, the message Bible. I love what the message Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 7. Um, watch this. It's what we trust in but don't yet see that keep us going. It's what I trust in, the promise of God, don't yet see but keeps me going. People wondering how you make it. And they know it can't be what you see that keeps you going. It's what you don't see that keeps you going. Because if you look at what you see, you'll stop. But if you look at what you don't see, which is the promise of God, you can keep going. He goes on to say, do you suppose a few ruts in the road or rocks in the path are going to stop me? The person next to say, no way. Say it's the promises of God that keeps me going. Now, the Bible says in 1 John 5 and 4, for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our what? Even our faith. So I have to walk by faith because it is by my faith that I'm going to overcome. I can't walk by what I see. I can't keep looking at the situation. I can't keep looking at that negative doctor's report. I can't keep looking at, you know, zero balance in my bank. I can't keep looking at that. I got to walk by faith and not by what I see. I can't govern my life by what I see. I have to govern my life by what I believe. So I got to walk by faith. Amen. Now, listen to this. If you're not hearing the word, believing the word, speaking the word, meditating in the word and acting on the word, you're not walking by faith. You're not you're not you're not walking by faith. Give it to you again. If you're not believing the word, hearing the word, speaking the word meditating in the word, acting on the word, then you are not walking by faith because all faith is word-based. So if you, 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 you know, what, what, what are you standing on? You say you're walking by faith. Well, what, what is your faith in? Well, I know God is able. Well, you know, everybody knows God is able. We know God is able. We, before we got saved, we knew God was able. 
But what are you standing on? What are you drinking? What are you filling your heart with? What are you changing your mind with? How are you changing the way you think about that situation? It has to be through the word. What are you meditating on? What do you see? What do you see? Or do you just see your situation? Do you just see the circumstance? Or do you see the promise of God already manifest in your life? Because whatever you can put in your mind, it'll manifest in time. So you got to keep seeing that word and keep seeing that word. And you got to see that word already come to pass. You got to see yourself already healed. See yourself already out of debt. You got to see yourself already prospered, already increased. You got to see your kids already born again. You got to see that marriage already working. And if you're not seeing it like that, it'll never come to pass. You're not working by faith. You're just hoping and praying something happened. Well, maybe the Lord will. Maybe the Lord won't. Well, I guess the Lord didn't want me to have it. Because if he'd wanted me to have it, he'd have gave it to me. Folks, how many times you wanted your kids to have something, but, you know, you had to make some other decision? You wanted them to have it, but you had to make some other decisions. And so it is with you and I. You know, that's some, folks, we know healing is the will of God for us. Peace is the will of God for us. So if he don't give me peace, I got to check myself because God doesn't lie. I mean, if he said it, he's going to do it. If he spoke it, he's going to bring it to pass. So I look at what I'm doing. And stop blaming God. Stop blaming God. Even leave the devil alone. You blaming the devil. Poor, poor devil. I won't pray for the devil. Y'all just. <laughs> Look at Philippians 1.19. Oh, I got five minutes. Philippians 1.19. Philippians 1 and verse number 19. Watch this. See, man, when you, when you walk by faith, that's some things you know. You just get so convinced in God. Philippians 1.19 says, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus. There is a divine supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. And because of your prayers and that divine supply, I know this going to turn for my salvation. I know this situation going to turn good for me. I know this. See, the devil meant it for evil, but God meant it for my good. And you got to be like Paul and say, I know this situation going to turn good for me. I know it's going to work in my favor. I know God's going to open that door. I know I shall walk in healing. I know I shall see the goodness of God. I know God's glory shall visit my house. I know my money is coming in. I know my body is already wet. There's some things you know when you walk by faith. And you got to be that dogmatic to where you are confident, you are convinced, and you're not letting anything you see change what you believe. You got to know. The Apostle Paul said, I know in who I have believed. I started out believing, but now I know. And folks, you only know when you continue in that word. You know, the Bible says Jesus spoke to those Jews which believed on him. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know. He spoke to those Jews which believed. He said, if you continue in the word, then you know. And so we start out believing, but as we continue and we see the promise of God manifest in our life, we go from believing till we start knowing. See, I used to believe if I tied, God will open for me the windows of heaven, but I continued in that word, and now I know God opens the windows of heaven and pull me out. See, it's what you know. Amen. See, you can't, you can't be changed about what you know. You got to let the devil know, man, you too late. You too late. I've been healed too many times. You too late. I know. I've been delivered too many times. You too late. I know. I've increased too many times. You're too late. I know. I know I'm not living off somebody else's testimony. I'm living off my own testimony. And I know. 
See, that's some things you just ought to know. I know this thing going to turn. Well, how? I don't have to know how. I know it's going to turn for me. I know it's going to work out in my salvation. I know it's going to work in my deliverance, my peace, my preservation, my protection. I know it's going to turn for me. And you got to be convinced of that. When the devil find a Christian who's convinced, man, he go on. Think about it. When he was challenging Jesus, testing Jesus, Jesus said, it's written. It is written. It is written. The Bible said he left him for a seat. Well, leave him alone because he know what's in there. Amen. But the devil love to find one of them saints who don't know what's in there. One of them saints that just quoting a bunch of, you know, a bunch of riddles and, and a bunch of cliches, stuff you didn't heard somebody else say. You know, you got some stuff in your head, but you don't have nothing in your heart. And it's the heart that produces the fruit. It's what's in your heart that's going to produce, not what's in your head. That's some stuff you need to know. Amen. Stuff you got to know, man. You, you, go, you go show back at that doctor. You got, you got to know I'm already here. Amen. You look at that house and know it's already yours. Well, if it's yours, why you didn't get it? Process. It's mine. I'm letting them stay there for a while. They didn't have nowhere else to move, so I'm letting them stay there. But I know it's mine. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, I know. Amen. Versus knowing I might not get it. Versus knowing, well, it might just stay like this. Well, it might just. But folks, what if? Where are they going to find me? What if, they, what if they promote you? You ain't gave God a chance, man. You, 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 rule, you rule God out by lack of faith. Amen. Amen. Number two, well, let's look at this one. I'll be, I'll be done. This is my last one I can give you today. You got to apply pressure to God's word. Man, you got to keep pressure on that word. You got to keep pressure on the word. You remember blind Bartimaeus? He hollered out, this man blind, he hollered out, hey, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And, and the folk around him, shh, shh. You, you always have shushes in your life, trying to quieten you down. Shh, it don't, it don't take all that. But see, it's easy for folk to say that who not blind. But Bartimaeus was blind. Bartimaeus, shoot, it is going to take this. Hey, Jesus. See, he kept pressure on it. He didn't draw back. He didn't pull back because somebody said something. He didn't pull back because others didn't think that's what it took. But he said, hey, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. I'm telling you, man, your cry of faith will get his attention every time. Because he's not a respecter of person. And the Bible said they told him, bring, bring him, bring him, bring him here. The folk who was telling him to be quiet, the folk who was telling him it didn't take all that, them the same ones that had to go get him. Come on, come on, he, come on, he wants you. You know, same folk who lie on you and talk about you. Same folk who said that you don't have to be confessing the word. Every time I get in your car, you playing them doggone tapes. Baby, you in my car because you ain't got no ride. You better be glad. You better be glad I'm playing these tapes. It is the plan of these tapes that got me this car. Playing these tapes prospered me. That's why I ain't charging you gas money. You riding for free. <laughs> Look at Hebrews 10. Let's, let's stop there. Hebrews 10 and verse 35. You can't draw back, folks. You can't draw back. Man, you've come too far. <laughs> you going to draw back now? 
you, you've made too many confessions, man. You, you quoted this thing too many times. You, you've been, this is what you've been believing for. You've been believing God for this thing for a year, for six months, for two months, for, for, for two years. You, you've come too far. You're going to go back now? Don't draw back. Don't shrivel up in your heart now. The fight's on now. You can't quit now. You're closer than you think. You're closer than you think. Look at verse 35. Cast not away therefore your confidence. But you dare throw your faith away. You can't throw your faith away. You can't throw your confidence away, which has great recompense of reward. So your faith is going to pay you. It has great recompense of reward. Look what he says. He said, but you have need of patience. That is right there. That's what you need. You have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive or shall receive what? The promise of God. For yet a little while, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. For yet a little while, he that shall come will come and shall not tarry. He says, now the just, that's you and I, folks, shall live by what? Shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, look at this, 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 this phrase, draw back, is what it means. Lower the sail. You know, like when a, when, a, when a sailboat's out on the water and it's, it's moving, it keeps the sail up. But when he lowers the sail, the boat stops moving. So long as, we, long as we're standing in faith, that's the lifting or the raising of the sail. And we're able to move forward. But then we, we, we lower the sail. It also means to slack the course and become remiss in holding to what you know is true. You slack your course and you become remiss. And holding on to what you know is true. If any man draw back, he says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them. That's us right there. We're not of them. Say, I'm not one who draws back. He says, we are not of them that draw back unto prediction, but of them that believe to the saving of our soul. We believe till the healing manifests. We believe till the increase comes. We believe until change comes up. We believe until the child is born again. We believe until we have peace that passes all understanding. We believe until our hearts are filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory. We believe until we get promoted. We believe until we get the job. We believe until the house is paid for. We believe until we're debt free. We keep believing. We're not of them. That draw back. Now, folks, the word can be preached to us and it can be preached to them. But the word only profits those who mix faith with it Amen. when they hear it. So when I hear that word, that can't just be a good message. I got to take that word and mix some faith with it. I got to mix faith with that word. And when I mix faith with the word, I am making spiritual progress. That even though the situation is not changing, I'm making progress. Amen? Amen? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for the word today. Glory to God.